want to talk to you about mothers. Today is Mother's Day, so I thought you'd enjoy a list of things that mothers taught us and my mom taught me. I got this right from life's experience. My mother taught me logic. She would often get down on me and she'd always say, that's because I said so. That was her logic. My mother taught me humor. She says, when you fall out of that tree and break your legs, don't you dare come running to me. <laughs> My mother also taught me genetics. She used to look at me and say, you're just like your father. She also taught me the gift of anticipation. She said, just wait till your dad gets home. And then she taught me about the gift of receiving, how to be a receiver. She said, you're going to get it when you get home. I used to hate that. My mother taught me religion. You better pray, son, that that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> she taught me about stamina. You sit right there at that table till all that spinach is gone. She taught me about the circle of life. I brought you in this world, son, and I can take you out. My mother taught me about justice. One day you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you, and then you'll see what it's like, and I can't wait. Oh, mamas. Boy, I had a good one. I had a good one. I thought about this morning, and I have a few moments to share with you. I'm not going to keep you long because I know the restaurants, you know, all churches are like, who's going to get to the restaurants first? So I'm... <laughs> You are out of luck, because <laughs> I'm just getting started. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go quick. But uh, several things I want to share with you. Number one, I want to share with you uh, uh, about three lessons from three mothers in the Bible. Uh, and I love reading about different characters in the Bible and characteristics of mothers. And I, I want to share a couple things with you uh, from three moms that learned some valuable lessons that we got to pass it on and we got to wrap our arms around them and receive them. First of all, that is Eve. She was the first mom. And, and the first lesson that we can pull from her is that we got to guard against doubt. We got to guard against doubt. Moms have got to have a lot of faith. And we read about this woman, Eve, in Genesis 3 1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? You see, Eve, the mother of all, probably is best remembered as being duped by the devil. And from Eve, we learn the importance of being aware of the enemy's schemes, his desire to ruin your family, to ruin your marriage, to put the wrong kind of thoughts in your life, to put the wrong kind of thinking in your, in your head. He lies to our spirit. He does everything he can to, to touch and push all the buttons of our flesh, to move us into places of destruction. He loves to set us up for failure. And many times, if we're not walking in the Word of God, and if we're not grounded in the principles of God's Word, we'll find ourselves doing things the opposite of what God has instructed us. His best ploy is to move us to doubt God's Word and then manipulate us to disobey. 
when we have important decisions to make or we're overwhelmed with problems or conflicts that, that don't seem to, that can seem to be resolved or, or we're facing a trial of some sort, that's when the enemy moves in. And he did that exactly with Eve. When we're hurting, when we're, when we're going through a hardships, that attracts the devil. And Eve needed to know something about spiritual warfare because spiritual warfare begins in the mind. The devil knows if he wants to move you away from him, he's going to get into your thinking process. And he's going to begin to speak words of doubt. Thoughts of negative thoughts about God doesn't come to you on your own. They come to you by the voice of the devil. We see his, his plan. I will never forget the day my wife... We were, the devil attacked our home, and he is attacking our family, and man, I'm telling you, he, he comes. He comes like a roaring lion. And my wife, I was discouraged. She's going through a hard time, and we both just feel oh, stretched out to the limit, and you just feel like something's going to snap. Something's going to—and she, she was sharing with me one Sunday morning. She was going to church, of all places, and the devil just came to speak to her and said, what if the Bible's not even true? What if you're giving your life to live for? What if what God says is nothing but, what if God doesn't even exist? And she said, it just seemed like the voice penetrated deep in her soul. And she said, I was riding. And I realized that voice didn't come to me from myself. That voice came from the devil. He jumped in the passenger side and he began to speak. And she immediately began to say the verses as a, a little girl grew up in a preacher's home also. The word of God that came back to her and, and the scriptures. and the, She immediately rebuked the devil and opened the passenger door and said, get out. But I thought to myself, what if she had followed through? What if she had listened to the devil? What if she followed the impulses or the promptings of the devil? It could have destroyed our family altogether. Let me tell you something. We are all very vulnerable. We're open to the devil's minefield of lies and deception. Eve, we learn a lesson from her. Instead of listening to God, instead of wrapping her arms around the principles of God, instead of saying, I'm shaping my life around truth, she listened to the lie of the devil, and because of that, all of humanity fell down like a bunch of dominoes, and here we are in sin, stuck in the mud, but thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift of salvation that has raised us up with the word of God, the Bible. Don't you love the Bible this morning? The word of God. Now, the second lesson I want you to look at this morning, and that is the widow of Zarephath. Now, Zarephath was a little town. God was raising up and using this great prophet to preach the truth of God. And because of man's sin, God brought a drought and a famine to the land. And Elijah himself needed sustenance. He needed food. And he says, I want you to go to this little town called Zarephath, and there's going to be a little widow woman there. And this little widow woman is going to sustain thee. She's going to give you a little bread. She's going to give you a little something to drink. She's going to help you stay alive. And, and the Bible says in 1 Kings seven fifteen, he, he sees this little old lady out there picking up sticks. And he says, make a little bread for me first. 
Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continue to eat for many days. Here's the lesson. The widow of Zarephath developed a spirit of sacrifice. Be a mother, not only who has faith, but be a mother who's a giver. Be of a mother that knows how to sacrifice. The widow of Zarephath, she struggles, as many other mothers do, putting food on the table. Whether a single mom or in a family facing economic hardship, many moms are worried about having enough food. The money, the mother of Zarephath was asked by God to give what little she had to someone else. I have learned that whatever we release from our hands, it releases the power of God in our life. My mom was a great woman of sacrifice. Always, always thinking about our family, our, the kids. I grew up in a family of six kids and a mom and dad in a preacher's home. We didn't have a lot of money. We uh, grew up, church was in our house. My mom would tell us every Sunday morning and she'd knock at, the, knock at our door six o'clock every morning. She'd get out of bed put the beds down, we gotta turn them into classrooms. She would take her living room and she'd push all of her furniture to the side and she'd put chairs in the middle of the living room. She'd take her dining room table, flip it on its side, we all used to help her, <clears throat> and we put chairs in our dining room. <clears throat> we had church. We even went out in the garage and we pulled the car out, we had to clean the garage, sweep it, put chairs in there, and that way we'd have church every Sunday. But my mom always had a heart for missionaries. And I remember as a little kid growing up, she'd always say, she'd always tell us, these little kids, and some of these missionaries had like a zillion kids. She said, now what, they're, they're gonna stay with us for three or four days, and I used to think, oh, there goes my toys, there goes my clothes, and there goes my bed. Because she'd always say, I'm gonna make a little mat for you on the floor, and I want you all to sleep on the floor, and I want the missionaries to take your beds, because they're God's chosen people. They've given up enough. They're living in the comfort. And while they're with us, we're going to treat them like kings. My mom would go into the freezer. She learned more recipes of goulash dinners, more missionary dishes. She'd put this together, that together. My mom, she'd, she'd go through her clothes, and she'd make sure missionary ladies had beautiful dresses. She'd give her own jewelry away. She'd go through the, uh, through the shoes, and she'd give shoes to missionary women. And, and, and we did this all the time. My mom gave everything. I remember one time as a little boy, I got this red fire truck, and I was so thrilled to get that fire truck. I, listen, and I, I love Tonka. I just loved that kind of stuff. I just loved it. She came to me one day. She goes, this little boy, he's about your age, and he don't have any toys. I said, so what are you saying? <laughs> he's a missionary kid. He's supposed to have anything. <clears throat> she says, I want you to give that little truck to him. And I remember, I remember, I remember that like it was yesterday. To this day, I don't like missionaries. <laughs> I don't like them. They come and say, what do you want? <laughs> you ain't getting it. But she, she, she said to me, she said to me, get that little truck. Get that little fire truck, that little, little boy. We had a family called the Dick Paul family from Italy. He had like 25 kids. And uh, they'd come piling in, and I'm like, oh, here I go. They'd walk, I'd sit there and they'd go out the door, bags of my stuff, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with this? They get praised for being in a life of poverty, and I'm the one left with, no, anyway. 
Anyway, Byron, never forget that little red truck. I love that little fire truck. I mean, I just, it was like, and I'll never forget, my mom said, you need to give it. And she said, but I want you to give it. I said, well, okay, well, I'll pray about it. <laughs> I did, I did. I said, I'll pray about it. And I talked to the Lord, and the Lord didn't say anything, so I figured I was off the hook. I'd tell her, he didn't tell me to give it to him. She said, you need to give it to him. That little boy don't have anything. They're, going, they're, they're getting ready to go back to Italy as missionaries, and, and that, that family don't have a thing. You need to give it. And I'd look long and hard at that little truck. I said, Mom, do they even have fire trucks in Italy? <laughs> she said, just, Tim, you, yeah, I want you to give, but I want you to give from your heart. I want to teach you to give. And I remember, I remember the day with great tears, crocodile tears. I put that thing in an old brown grocery bag. I wrapped it up, and I gave it to that little boy. I said, here. On behalf of my mother, I give this to you. <laughs> my mother, my mother. That woman, in fact, you know, uh, on the day of her funeral. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, on the day of her funeral, I was, I was a basket case. You know, I, I see people crying at funerals. My heart goes out to them. And uh, I remember sitting on the front row, and I remember seeing her hands. She'd make dresses for missionaries, and I'd look at the hands. She'd cook meals, and I looked at herself, 76 years old, worn out, just burned out for the Lord. And I thought to myself, how many clothes she made for me. But then she'd turn around and give them to missionary kids. I, I, thought, I sat there, and I said, she, taught, she was a woman of sacrifice. And I thought about that Psalms, uh, Proverbs 31, that she rises up in, in the early while she had dark, and she works for her family, and then she gives it all away. And I thought to myself, that was my mom. This widow of Zarephath, she was getting ready to die. She had a little handful of meal. She had a little bit of cruise of oil, mixing with a little bit of water, and she was going to make herself a little loaf of bread. And that would sustain them for two, three days, and the bodies were malnutritioned, and they were going to die. And Elijah says, bake it for me first. That's what God said. He was testing her. Testing her. You know, that woman was a, a woman of sacrifice. She didn't, I guarantee you, if you went up most women and there's a, just a, you go find your own food, man. But she didn't. She respected the man of God. She revered the man of God. She went and she did exactly as that. And God looked down from heaven. He told all the angels, look down. I want you to see what real sacrifice is all about. And looked down and saw that woman bake that in full faith, trusting God that he was going to sustain her. And God, you know what he did? He kept miraculously providing that meal, that cornmeal, in the bottom of her barrel. He kept, when she used some, God put it, put it back. When she poured out the oil, God poured some back. Whatever you release from your hands to God, God releases his power to sustain you. We have a great God. What a great lesson. Be a mother of great sacrifice. And then thirdly, be a mother who fights the devil. The third point is a Canaanite mother that I found in the Bible who intercedes for her family. In Matthew 15, 22 and 23, the Bible says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. 
This mother was like a, a bear protect, protecting her cub. This mom wasn't about to give an inch as she pleaded with Jesus on, on behalf of her child. I like that. The Bible teaches us that, that, that this woman, this Canaanite woman who had a child was vexed with a devil. And, and I can only imagine the vulgarity coming out of the mouth of that child. I can only imagine the disobedience and the, the hurt and the pain that this daughter was creating in this mother's life. And this mother was able to look through all this viciousness and all this uh, meanness from her. She was able to look through this and say, I got to get to Jesus for her. And she, she went after the Lord on behalf of her child. And I'm sure there were times she probably felt like, I'm just going to give up on my child. I'm just, I've had enough. I've had enough rebellion. I've had enough vulgarity. I've had, I've had enough of this mess. I, I'm just through. But, but the Bible says that she looked for every resource she could. And then one day she found out about a man who had power over demons. And this man was the son of God. And the Bible says she ran for him and she knocked at his door and she cried out for him, Jesus, you gotta help me. I got a child that's in trouble. You gotta help me. I need help, Lord. I'm in trouble. I need help. I'm weary. I'm tired. God, I need you to help me. And the disciples said, let that woman go somewhere else. We're tired of hearing her cry. We're tired of her prayers. This woman was able to break through the indifference of others. You might come to church and you're in urgent need and you have an emergency. You need God to do something for you this morning. I want, I want you to know that people might sitting around you might not care and they might look smug and they might be indifferent. But I got news for you. Jesus cares. You got to get to Jesus. You got to get past people. Amen? Sometimes you got to get past spiritual leaders. These were the disciples, and they said, Lord, send that woman away. She's a nuisance. Mm, 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 mm. And this, Jesus saw this woman fraught, wearied, eyes worn, wrinkled, white haired. Frazzled, and he looks into the soul of this woman. He saw her desperation. And Jesus said, This, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. God healed her, God cast the demon out of that daughter. Some of you sitting here today, you need God to do something for you. Some of you have given up. You just say, oh, what's going to happen? To you just distanced yourself. You just, you just walked away. We need moms who fight for their children, who, who fight the devil. The, the devils are like a roaring lion. He, he's got your child in his mouth. He's taking your child away. Go to Jesus. Fight, cry, pray like you never prayed before. Say, God, I need you to do, I need you to, I, I need your interference. God, I need your divine intervention. God, I need help. You can't do it alone. You've done everything. You've paid into this program and you've, you've tried to go on this counselor. You've tried that medicine. You've tried this and you've tried that. Go to Jesus like this woman. 
We just got to fight. You got to fight for your family. You got to fight for your marriage. The devil wants to break you up. The devil wants to destroy your child. He's not so much after your marriage as he's after your child. He wants that little child. He doesn't want that child to come to the house of God and to hear words of truth that one day might be a great missionary, a preacher, and destroy the kingdom of the devil. He, he, he wants everything in your home destroyed. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He wants to break you down. you got to fight. My wife and I have been fighting. My goodness, all we do, we wake up, we fight, not each other. <laughs> My wife says, would you clarify that, please? I, we're always fighting the devil. I, I feel like we get through one big fight, I'm thinking, oh, good, maybe we're going to go into a season of rest. You know, you read the Bible, and they had 30 years of peace. I'm like, oh, what? what? That's not my life. We get through one big battle, we're writing another one. And the devil's always walking around my house. I think he lives on my rooftop. He just, he pounces. He's ready. He's ready to destroy. He's ready to break down. He's, he's, he's always, and after we get through one battle, man, we're going to write another one. But you know what? I'm going to keep on crying, and my wife's going to keep on crying until our stammering tongues are still in the grave. We're going to cry after Jesus. God help us. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. We need mamas who say, yes, I'm going to keep fighting. Mamas, would you look to your spouse or your friend or someone beside you and say, I'm going to fight this morning. Can you do that? Tell someone. Nudge your husband and say, I'm going to cry today. Amen. We need mothers who are going to fight the devil. We need to intercede for our family. I know my mom. I mentioned I had a brain tumor. And uh, the doctors came in. They showed the chart, you know, and my mom and my dad and all the family was there. And the doctor came in and had a chart and showed the brain, where the tumor, and how it's affected speech and all this. And uh, I remember after everyone left, it dawned on me, I'm going to die. That's the weirdest, surreal feeling in all the world. But I remember the fear. And my mom, she got that radar. She, can pick, she knows that look in my face. My dad, you know, he's the law. My mom's grace. My dad is, God will be with you. You'll make it. My mom's like, hmm. And my mom pulled the chair up. Everyone was gone. And I was laying her in the bed, and I started to get real pensive. I didn't know, I was young, 16 years of age. I'm getting ready to go out in eternity. I, what, I've never been there before, never done this. What's going to be like? Am I going to suffer? What, what happens when it's over here? And my mom pulled a chair up. You know what she said, said to me? Now, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Because I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be with you through the tests, through the surgeries. Don't you worry. Because as long as you got your mama here, you're going to be okay. Nothing going to happen to you. 
Now, don't you stay there and worry because I'm going to sit right here. And she did. Weeks on, weeks out. They put a recliner by her my bed, blanket and a pillow. She, I know she'd much rather do some different stuff than sit in the hospital. I'd wake up and there she'd be sitting. A lot of times she'd be sitting and she'd be moving her lips. I know she's a praying. She prayed when I couldn't pray. Three weeks later, the doctor came in and said, we don't understand this, but this tumor somehow is no longer active and we see his vision is getting better and we're seeing an improvement. We don't, we've, we're calling in a meeting of other doctors. We don't, we don't understand. And my mom says, oh, well, I understand. Because we have the great physician. Three weeks later, I walked out of the hospital. You can go to the Delaware Hospital and read the record yourself. And written over it will be, we don't understand. You should be dead. But we have a God that heals. I'm here today as a testimony of a mama's love who interceded for her son. She's, with, she's in heaven. This morning I woke up. I'm going to her grave this afternoon, put flowers. And just, I know her earthly remains there, but I know her spirit hovers above it. And I, this morning early I got up. It was still dark, and I just sat in a chair and just thinking. Precious memories, and I thought about mama. And I said, Jesus, you are the mediator between God and man, and I'm asking you, Lord, would you give my mom a hug and thank her for praying me through to live today, to give testimony of his grace. And friends, I'm telling you, it was like some warm feeling came right over my heart. It was almost like God came down and hugged me and said, tis done. I believe with all my heart, mom's in heaven, and she got a hug from her son, and Jesus went over and said, by the way, your son, Tim, he just wants you to know he loves you. Thank you. And I know in heaven there's not a lot of tears, but I guarantee you she clicked her heels in heaven and said a hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I want every mother here to know today, let me tell you something, you can change your children's lives. And when you're gone, they're going to rise up and call you Blessed. I want you to know I love every mother here today. If your mama's here, love her. I love moms. I'd come down and hug you all, one big hug if I could. I love you. I hope you guys have a great Mother's Day today. Eat a lot of cake. <laughs> Eat a lot of ice cream. Eat what you want. Forget about them crazy diets. They ain't going to get you nowhere. Forget about them diets. Forget about them. The doctor, every time I go in, he looks at me and goes, mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and I look at him and say, you ain't got no room to talk. <laughs> I just hate it when a fat doctor tells you you need to lose weight. I'm like, uh, heck no. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Someone said the other day, I'm dying to get to heaven. You got that right. <laughs> Someone said, you worry about your cholesterol? No, I'm just... Thankful I'm on my way to heaven and going to see the Lord. Amen. I ain't worried about all that. But I will try to lose a pound next year. <laughs> I promise I'm going to try to lose a pound. Oh, let's pray. Father Jesus, I thank you for being.